Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, DC Comics artist releases a Batman NFT, a bomber in Japan demands Bitcoin as ransom, and in our main story, raising funds on the blockchain for the film industry. We talked to Decrypt's managing editor, Stephen Graves. Coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, October 13th, 2020. And today I'm not going to do the crypto prices because I'm recording this at 8.30 a.m. So if I record it now and release it this afternoon, it's going to be totally irrelevant of whatever I say the price is going to be. So today we're just going to go straight into the interview with managing editor Stephen Graves. We're going to talk about raising funds on the blockchain for the film industry. One thing I really like about this, I really just like when independent creatives can raise money for things that they love. It's really hard for an independent person, somebody that has a great idea, maybe very talented, but because they don't have a big name, is easily overlooked by investors. And just like YouTube back in the day or podcasting or anything that allows the average person to buy a computer or a mic or go out there and try to raise funds to show what they got to the world, I'm always in support of it. I am excited for this conversation. And I want to point you at the little bit that we talk about at the end where it can get diluted. It can get, as Stephen said, gentrified, where big companies or big names come in and just take all the air out of these projects, these independent fundraising sources and use it for, well, their own selfish, I guess, corporate means or (laughs) to promote their brand or their name instead of where it should go is the independent creative. So enjoy this conversation with Stephen. And then afterwards, I'll be back for other news. Stephen, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing very well. How are you? So today we're going to be talking about blockchain and movies. Look, we... You sent me this amazing trailer. This link is in the description, folks. Uh, it's amazing. It's a Swiss exploitation movie. We're talking about people getting murdered with fondue and Toblerones. It's quite hilarious. But the key to this is that it's raising money using blockchain. First, can you tell me about the movie and then tell me about how they're raising money using blockchain? Yeah, sure thing. So the movie is called Mad Heidi, and it's pretty much everything that the name suggests. It's about... Uh, Heidi, the Swiss heroine, has uh, sort of grown up and there's a fascist takeover of Switzerland and she fights them with uh, an act. Um, And yeah, people get murdered with uh, Toblerones and fondue and it's all very sort of schlocky and gory. One of the producers is uh, one of the guys behind the Iron Sky franchise, which was the sort of Nazis on the Moon uh, series, uh, which also raised money through uh, crowdfunding. And um, Mad Heidi's doing something similar, but kind of unique using blockchain. Cool. So how are they using blockchain? I mean, so is it just like they're doing like a normal token sale, like a ICO for movies? Like what is the whole premise and in, in structure around it? Uh, it's not quite like that. So um, what they're doing is uh, you can invest in the film um, in the same way that you would normally sort of do a crowdfunding uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, people can pitch in. I think it starts at 500 Swiss francs. With Kickstarter, where you uh, pitch in money, you get like a T-shirt and a Blu-ray or maybe your name in the credits of the film. What they're doing is using a platform called FilmChain um, to actually make you an investor in the film. So you put in, you know, 500 uh, Swiss francs 
and you get a cut of the profits from the movie. And if you put in more, they give you a cut of the merchandising revenue as well. Um, and and you get all of the sort of stuff like T-shirts and mugs and uh, and your name in the credits and that sort of thing. It's quite an innovative uh, use of the technology. So so off air, me and you were discussing this because I don't know if you want me to tell people this, but you're also a director of movies. And we're going to go into that in a little bit. But off air, you're telling me about different ways that people are going have to raise funds to, if you're going to get funds from, say, the government in Europe. I don't know if the United States is the same way. I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about this, but uh, how they have to comply to some restrictions or regulations or, say, wants from the government to get said money. So I would assume if I'm correct with assuming this, that this is a way to raise money for a movie within a country without maybe maybe meeting all those expectations by different governments. Am I correct with this? Something like that, yeah. So basically, the way that indie filmmaking works is um, if you're making an indie feature, you tend to raise money from various interested parties, but a substantial chunk of the funds tends to come from film commissions, um, which are sort of government bodies that that allocate funds for, for movies. And as the guy from uh, from Mad Heidi put, points out, the problem with this is that those funds are allocated based on um, all sorts of different restrictions. Like, uh, and and the European um, feature will end up usually drawing money from various different film commissions, and all of them have different sets of restrictions. So you take money from the German Film Commission, and you end up having to make you know forty percent of your cast and crew German. You take money from the French Film Commission and the film has to be in French or a certain percentage of it has to be in French. He argues that what this means is that a certain type of film uh, tends to get made, which is a very sort of locally focused drama type film. And films like the sort of films that he makes with, you know, mad axe murdering Nazis, uh, you know, genre pieces, exploitation films, that sort of thing don't tend to get any love from the film commissions. So the idea here is that you sort of build up a fan base early based on the concept of the film, because it's a high concept pitch. Um, And there's a few films that have done this over the years, both independent and studio ones, where they're sort of almost commissioned based on the tagline or the logline, like Snakes on a Plane or Nazis on the Moon or Heidi Mm. Fights Nazis or whatever. And this generates a load of buzz and you get a load of fans interested in the film. And then the question is, well, how do you turn that into money and, and actually get the film made? And, and the solution that they've come up with is this uh, is this blockchain system where you make the fans essentially micro investors in the movie. So being a micro investor, what is the what does the fan get out of it? Is it just credit or is it like you, or do you get a share of the profit if it does make profit? Like, how would that work? Well, that's the that's the idea is that you actually get a profit from it, because otherwise it would just be a normal crowdfunding drive on like Kickstarter or Indiegogo. So the interesting thing is that uh, they went to an Ethereum-based platform called FilmChain for this. And FilmChain was originally set up just to allocate the uh, the funds in a film, you know, just a conventional movie. Um, so you'd get, you know, various different production partners uh, involved in it, you know, producers putting large sums of money into it. And FilmChain would be used to create an immutable log of where the money's going and who's entitled to what percentage the guys from uh, from mad heidi said that they went to sort of film chain and said well this is great but we want to actually start earlier and we want to we want to let people invest very small amounts of, of money relatively speaking in this film and track all of their investments and um prior to this it wasn't really feasible to to to, to sort of have a large number of micro investors in a film because just tracking the flow of money when each of them is entitled to like 0.001% of the of the profits 
um, would be an absolute nightmare. So yeah, it would be a huge challenge to actually track the, the flows of money to all of these different uh, micro-investors. Uh, and so what they've done is they've, they've set up this, uh, this system now. There, there's some way towards their funding goal. And the big question is, of course, like whether they can actually, you know, whether the fan interest that they've raised up to this point translates into actual money. You know, I love this idea. I mean, back in, you know, 2017, 2018, ICO uh, craze, a lot of these different companies started to try to tokenize or do crowdsourcing just via this way. I mean, I, I saw, you know, musicians try to raise money for this or musicians have songs and sell pieces of their songs like in an NFT token to different people who wanted to invest in their music. And I thought, just kind of think that this crowdsourcing idea is a great idea. Are these tokens tradable? I mean, if I buy, say, Mad High token for two dollars can i sell it to you that think it's a great project for three as i understand it um it's uh what, what they're actually doing is just using a blockchain platform to track the funds okay in... so it's strict ledger ledger not, not yeah tradable. It's, so it's strictly ledger not tradable um as i understand it yeah as a creator yourself as a director yourself and this is why i wanted to mention it earlier to come back to this do you think that this is a good idea i mean have you ever had problems raising funds for some of your films and do you think that this could be a, a solution for you in the future uh yeah i mean down the line it certainly could be i mean these guys are sort of pioneering it and uh, to an extent a lot hinges on whether they actually succeed and whether they make the film because otherwise um if they if they don't raise all the funds people are going to look at this and say well this is clearly isn't a, a great uh funding method um and it might take a few years for it to gain traction after that but down the line i think it could be really interesting for, for filmmakers who are starting out i mean i i myself have applied to film boards and film commissions for funds and i've been uh, accepted for some and rejected for others and i do think it's interesting the idea that um that like genre pieces and sort of slightly more out there ideas don't tend to get a lot of love with uh, with film boards and film commissions they, they talked about potentially sort of down the line um all sorts of different applications of this idea so one of the ideas is that you could uh fund a slate of films through crowdfunding so funding a slate of films done in the usual film industry where you have like large investors and the producer will will make sort of a slate of five or six different films the idea being that of those five or six different films one of them will hopefully succeed and even if the other ones don't you'll still be in profit. So there's this idea that instead of using blockchain to uh, to micro invest in a single film, you could micro invest in a whole in a producer's whole package of films. Another idea that might happen down the line is uh, we've seen in recent years a lot of uh, what are called proof of concept shorts. So um, films like uh, District 9 or The Babadook or, or um, Cargo on Netflix was a zombie film. The directors and producers went and made a short film as a proof of concept to demonstrate that they they are capable of making the feature film. Um, and then the feature film is based on the idea of that short film. One thing you could potentially do down the line is rather than going to the film board to fund the proof of concept short, you could potentially, guys, you could potentially use this crowdfunding um, micro-investment package to fund the short and then people who invest in the short would be entitled to a share of the profits from an eventual feature film if it gets made um so that might be one way to sort of help the the short filmmaker i really like that idea of investing kind of over in like a producer's index fund like a basket of their film so you don't have to just like put all your eggs in one basket you can diversify <laughs> on, on all their different um films that they're thinking of making or making and by the way neil's um shorts 
from Oat Studio for his like concept proof of concepts are, are great. I, if you haven't saw saw those or anybody who's listening didn't see those, check them out in the show notes. Last question to you, Stephen, before I let you go here is why this movie? You mentioned it a little bit earlier that this is more of an abstract movie, hard to get funding for it because of the concept. But why don't they, if they're going to try to find a proof of concept for, say, a, a blockchain crowdfunding solution that they don't do it with a more with a safer movie, something that's more you know easy to digest for the the consumer and think that it's more of a you know a better product. I guess I guess a more palatable product. Let's use that like a rom com or uh, you know a, a generic sci fi. I mean, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but the the basic idea is that that with these sorts of films, with these sorts of exploitation films, things like you know Machete or, or Snakes on a Plane or something, they immediately get people's attention. They tend those sort of ideas often go viral on the internet you know there have been films that have been made based on reddit posts uh, in the past if uh, if the sort of basic logline idea of a film can go viral on the internet then you've kind of proved that there's an audience for that film so and, and very often the ones that you know um that, that go viral are obviously sort of attention grabbing ideas like heidi fights fascists in switzerland with you know, fondue torture and stuff like that. The idea is that you sort of, you already have a bit of traction. You already have a fan base who's interested in it. I, I think that the, the the sort of films that will use this approach, at least initially, are going to be that sort of film that has an attention-grabbing idea or, or a really um, a really great concept that just goes viral. I mean, like a film that, that, that did that recently was uh, Host on uh, on Shudder, the, the, the streaming channel. That basically got made because the filmmaker uh, played a prank on his friends by sort of um, staging a, a, a ghost attacking him on a Zoom call. And then based on that, they were able to get the funding together to, you know, from conventional sources for this one, but they were able to get the funding together to make a feature film that was basically like a, a Zoom horror movie. So I think you're going to see a, a lot of these sort of uh, films based on sort of viral ideas using this platform. Down the line, one sort of concern that's been raised about um, crowdfunding platforms generally is that they've become slightly sort of gentrified in, in recent years. So um, Kickstarter for instance, started out as, as a platform where any sort of small scale creative could get funding together for a project. And then it sort of got co-opted by large brands. So you ended up with like Bose and using it to essentially focus group to test uh, concepts for products. Uh, and in the film world, you've got sort of uh, filmmakers who already had an established reputation, like Zach Braff, uh, coming onto these platforms. And there was a criticism that was raised at the time, which was basically, you know, why are these people who could raise funds through conventional means coming to these platforms? And um, there's a there's a risk that with the sort of blockchain micro investment platform, what you might get is, um, as well as sort of out there high concept ideas the sort of people who will be able to raise money will be people who already have established reputations. Samuel L. Jackson or someone comes to, uh, to, to film chain and says, hey, I want, to make a, I want to make a feature film about alligators on the train or something. That's probably going to get a lot more traction than if, you know, Bob Smith from, from Doncaster decides that he wants to go and make a film about, you know, zombies attacking his local pub or something so there is a danger that like um personalities and brands might sort of co-opt this idea but um you know honestly that's probably going to be a good problem to have because it means that it's 
succeeded and gained traction. Just to add to that, as I have the same gripe about podcasting, in my opinion, you know, it started out with like, a, it's still a low barrier to entry for, you know, the average person, grab a computer, grab a mic and go, go for it and broadcast. But, you know, your biggest podcasts right now are, you know, big brands, they're NPR, they're the New York Times, they're, you know, huge, you know, big companies or, you know, famous people that, you know, Michelle Obama's new podcast, I hear about it everywhere. It, so they, it just totally took all the air out of the independent creative space because, you know, they're big companies grasping onto this new way to basically market their brand or get their opinions out there or change the conversation. So I totally get what you're saying with that. And I hope that it leaves a little bit of space and breathing room for the independent filmmaker or independent creative to raise funds to get that zombie movie of them going to smash up their local pub. <laughs> but hey, Stephen Graves, managing editor of Decrypt, thank you very much for coming on and talking about this. Thanks very much. And in other news, DC Comics artist Jose Delbo teamed up with crypto artist Trevor Jones to produce four NFT artworks. The release will feature popular DC Comics superhero Batman. This is showing how far and how powerful the NFT token really is if you get DC Comics starting to put their art on the blockchain. However, I want to go back to our last conversation. Now you see NFT tokens used for crypto artists before and now you're going to see big companies start to NFT their things. I hope it doesn't suck all of the air out of this great way for an independent creative to claim their art and buy, sell, and raise money for it. Moving to Japan, an unknown individual has threatened to place bombs in the schools and churches of 18 Japanese prefectures until Bitcoin ransom is paid out. This person is demanding 40 Bitcoin valued at over $450,000 at current prices. So far, no bombings have ever taken place. However, the emails and the threats keep coming. And finally, seven governments request the tech companies to introduce government backdoors to bypass end-to-end -end encryption. The governments claim they allow terrorism and child abuse. Tech companies have, for the most part, resisted creating backdoors. Let me know what you think about this. Should there be backdoors in your software, in your phone or your computer, so the government can come in and basically look at your data, look at your conversations, look at your social, look at what's on your laptop? Do you think that this will prevent terrorism and child abuse? Or do you think that this is going to be a breach of freedom, freedom of speech and your privacy more than anything else? Let me know. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Send me an email. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Again, as always, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, like, and share, and leave us a great comment. It helps us stay visible. I'll be back tomorrow with more news. Happy hodling.